Hello and welcome back to Pandemics, a series exploring the economic impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic on Canadians and the Canadian economy. My name is Stephen Maurice. I'm the editor of Scotiabank Prospectus. As we know, small and medium-sized businesses were among the hardest hit parts of the economy since the pandemic struck. As public health measures were imposed to combat the virus, thousands of businesses had to close their doors or scale back massively. Uh, small businesses accounted for the lion's share of employment losses during the worst of the pandemic. There's just really no overstating the impact on this hugely important part of the economy. But now it looks like the tar- tide is actually starting to turn. After a slow start, Canada is now an international leader in vaccinations, and public health measures that handcuffed small business are starting to be loosened right across the country, and particularly in the bigger provinces in Quebec and Ontario. I have two great guests today to talk about the impact of the pandemic on small and medium-sized business and what the outlook is as we enter, hopefully, the next stage of getting back to something that looks like normal. Dan Kelly is President, CEO, and Chair of the Board of Governors of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Dan has been with CFIB since 1994 and is the lead spokesperson and advocate for the Federation's 95,000 small and medium-sized member businesses. Dan, welcome to Pandemics. Happy to be with you. And Jason Shuttlebot is Senior Vice President of Small Business at Scotiabank. Jason has a wealth of experience helping small businesses get bigger and helping them navigate through tough times like the one they've been going through. Jason, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Dan, let me start with you. And just so listeners understand the, uh, the importance of this particular part of the economy. I think people often just think of the big big businesses like the ones uh, Jason and I work for as being the big employers, but that's really not the case. Why don't you just give us a really quick snapshot of, uh, of what SMEs, as they're called, small and medium-sized business, uh, enterprises, uh, what they mean to the economy. Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent question. Small and medium-sized firms are huge, huge sources of employment across Canada, a big chunk of Canada's GDP, uh, and and also big, big contributors to local communities. Uh, the, the, the importance of SMEs in the economy really can't be overstated either. Uh, 60% of Canadians in the private sector work for a small or medium-sized company. Half of Canada's gross domestic product is, uh, is contributed by small and medium-sized firms. Um, and if you can believe it, there's over 1.1 million small companies in small or medium-sized companies in Canada. If you include the self-employed, that kicks in another two and a half million. So there are millions and millions of Canadians that earn their living uh, by working for themselves. And that's uh, that's pretty darn important. Right. So I mean that does set the stage for when you know March and April of last year happened and everything kind of went to a standstill. And what all of us saw were all those closed shop fronts along the streets of where, wherever we happened to live. Can you can you give us a little bit of a sense of in those those really dark days of the pandemic? And I hopefully we'll talk about the the more hopeful days ahead. But in those darkest days of the pandemic, and you run a business rep or you run a, a group representing those businesses, what was that like? And what were the stories you were hearing? Oh, it was it was pretty awful. I, I got to tell you, this has been, uh, I'm sure for all Canadians, uh, certainly those running businesses among the toughest times they've ever experienced in their entire life, uh, particularly for businesses that, that really depend on face-to-face transactions, face-to-face uh, dealings with their customers. That includes retail, the hospitality sector like restaurants, uh, all the tourism-related businesses, uh, arts and entertainment venues, personal services like hair salons, nail salons, 
These Main Street businesses were the hardest hit, the most immediately hit firms in Canada. And for them, the, the measures that government had to take, the provincial governments had to take uh, to, to create lockdowns, that basically stopped their operations in their tracks. Many of them did not have the ability to immediately pivot to, uh, to do di business any differently and essentially ceased earning an income uh, for a period of time or an income of any degree uh, of significance. So, so it was really dark days. And as an association serving small firms that put huge pressure on us, we depend on small businesses for our revenue at CFIB. And so our ability to go out there and, and ask business owners to join and, and renew their memberships, that was, that was severely limited. At the same time, the demand for help was greater than ever before. And that was, of course, our business counseling line, our helpline was, was just besieged with calls from business owners trying to figure out what do they do about their staff? Do they, how, what are the rules around laying them off temporarily? How can they find access to any kind of support, government assistance or, or help from anyone really at that particular time or pivoting their business to try to make an income in a different fashion? Uh, so it was really challenging. I got to tell you, some of the stories that stick out the most for me are just the personal stories that that we heard mm -hmm. from business owners. Um, I, I always remember one uh, a brand new business owner in, in just outside of Toronto in one of the Toronto suburbs called, uh, and she was considering taking her own life. Uh, and and it was because her business income after setting up a brand new restaurant in the weeks following COVID and the lockdowns, the weekend business income was ten bucks. Not, not her profit, her income, <laughs> the business revenue was $10. Uh, and, and honestly, some of the stories we heard in those early days were really dark, really hard for our staff to hear. Um, and it's, uh, it's been uh, the toughest time that certainly we faced at the Federation. Yeah, certainly, you know, hard for everybody, but certainly those people who had just started businesses in the, in the months before this all happened, uh, it must have been just, uh, just soul destroying. And then, of course, you know, you're the other part of what you do is, you know, speaking on behalf of these people, it's, uh, uh, you know, talking to government and advocating on, on their behalf. So I'm sure that kept, that kept you very busy as well. It sure did. Look, we lobbied aggressively to try to put some proper supports in place. Remember, these businesses were not bad. Their income didn't dry up because they were bad businesses, because they made poor decisions or the manager didn't know what they were doing. They, they were prevented from serving their customers because governments felt it important uh, to, to lock them down in order to insulate and protect society and stop the spread of COVID-19. So it would be deeply unfair for the business to then have to eat all the associated costs uh, along, the, along the way. So we pushed for a wage subsidy, first and foremost, then a rent subsidy to help business, then the SIBA loan program, of which Scotiabank was a, a, a really, really helpful partner, to get money out to business owners, of which a portion was forgivable by the federal government. These are some of the basic programs that came up. Provincial governments also, we pushed them to step up with some grants to try to provide some economic supports to business along the way. Those programs were absolutely vital in helping businesses survive and, and, and hopefully get them through, getting them through to uh, what we hope will be a recovery very, very soon. And did you start seeing early on, you know, which businesses were starting to innovate and to 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 see opportunity in the midst of 
what what looked you know what was very difficult situation i mean entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs for a reason they're uh, they're innovative and they they want to take on challenges and they like risk and many of them do what did you see how did how did you see them responding beyond obviously the, the government help was important the bank's help was important but they, you know they did lots of things themselves to try and get through that what, what kind of things did you see happening there Sure. Well, look, the pandemic sped up a lot of trends that were there prior to COVID too, like more and more Canadians shopping online, uh, more people working from working from home, using technology to assist them in in doing that. Uh, people ordering things, uh, even you know, using apps to order food and and restaurant meals. So, all but admittedly, small businesses were were a bit behind uh, their international counterparts in using some of the new technologies and adapting to some of the new ways of, of, of doing business that, that Canadians were in many respects uh, asking them to. Uh, the pandemic did create a giant opportunity, in fact, the necessity for many businesses to move in that direction. Uh, our research shows that 150,000 businesses uh, that weren't online, uh, or at least not taking uh, transactions online, moved to do that during the course of the pandemic. So we saw retailers starting to do curbside pickup, uh, using telephone orders often to try to, and then somebody driving by and picking up their goods. Restaurants used uh, all of the delivery apps in a much bigger way, encouraged more consumers to do pickup as well uh, of, of their goods. There were certain sectors though that were harder to go online that like arts, entertainment, gyms, and others, but even there, uh, businesses were finding new pathways, Zumba classes going online, teachers trying to find ways of earning income, music, music schools that were, that were using technology, Zoom classes, et cetera. So virtually every business tried to find a pathway. For many though, it really only contributed a small chunk of their income. And I do wanna make sure that everyone remembers that Canadians, while many were excited about, about doing business online, trying to support their local small firms, a lot of them really do depend on, on being reunited with their customers for them to be successful. And, and finally, we, it appears that we may be back uh, able to do that once again. Absolutely. Jason, let me, uh, let me turn to you. You would have seen many of these things from a slightly different vantage point as well as you dealt with, uh, with your clients. Maybe we'll skip ahead to what you're hearing now. I'm assuming uh, a slightly more optimistic, maybe a vastly more optimistic mood today than there would have been even, even a couple of months ago. Uh, what are you hearing? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. And, and thanks for those comments, Dan. Um, you know, the, the word that sticks out with me in terms of what I've seen is resiliency, right? Like the resiliency of entrepreneurs here in Canada is something that we all should be uh, so proud of. Um, it's amazing to see and hear the stories um, from business owners about what they've done to keep their business going, create the impact that they uh, intended when it was uh, when it was founded. And um, and, you know, that's the beauty of entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, you know, it's going to be uh, a challenge starting a business, even in the best of economic times. And, and entrepreneurs have grit. Uh, they have um, uh, tenacity and they uh, and they definitely, um, you know, needed uh, a, a number of avenues of support to find ways to survive and create a new path forward. But, you know, largely speaking, um, we have seen, you know, the vast majority of businesses been able to to do uh, exactly that. And they're super, you know, optimistic about what we hope is 
is that full path to recovery as we finally come out of these lockdowns and, and look look to a bright back half of the summer and, and hopefully a brighter fall and beyond. But as we've seen, um, you know, the future is very unpredictable. So, um, you know, business owners need to be mindful and, and, uh, and be ready to continue to pivot and adjust as, uh, as the world has, you know, in many ways changed, as Dan said, you know, changed for, um, for the long haul, right? So not everything is just going to go back to the way it was in February of 2020, like fundamental parts of how we live our lives uh, will, will change and that will force business owners to, to adjust and, and course correct their strategies accordingly. Right. I'm sure you must speak with uh, Scotiabank's economics team on a fairly uh, fairly regular basis. Are they, what are they telling you about the recent shifts uh, as well as you know, what they see for the months ahead? Yeah, I mean, uh, J.F. Perot, our uh, chief economist, has been uh, very active, uh, you know, talking um, in many different forums across across the country about um, what he and his team see for the future of Canada. And, and it is it is bright. It is um, optimistic in terms of um, the recovery economically um, for the country's economy uh, is moving very positively. We've seen some very good indicators in terms of uh uh, job creation. Um, just recently, there was a report that we saw 300,000 new jobs created for businesses with uh, 100 employees or less, which really is, you know, kind of a core uh, SME space. Um, and as Dan said, you know, the, the 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 small business community employs over 8 million Canadians. So um, they uh, they are businesses that are the cornerstone of our economy. So our economic livelihood as a country is really tied to these businesses being able to sustain um, sustain operations and sustain employment and, and be able to be profitable and, and, and grow. So um, that's, uh, you know, obviously what we at, at Scotiabank have been doing our best in terms of providing um, all the services and advice uh, through our Advice Plus plans to business owners, partnering obviously with great organizations like like Dan, CFIB, and um, and helping advocate with the government, you know, for the necessary relief programs to help bridge the gap for these um, these you know really difficult situations that many businesses in certain sectors have, have uh, undergone for a long time. Dan, I think you know the road to recovery actually looks like we're going we're going to get there maybe sooner than some of us expected. I think this summer has been. Uh, a pleasant surprise in terms of uh, the uptake of vaccinations among Canadians who surpassed many other countries in the world at this point, less vaccine hesitancy and so on, which is, which is uh, a good outlook for the economy. What do you what do you and your people tell your members about, you know, what should they be doing heading in? We have been thinking 2022, but maybe even fall of 2021. Uh, how do they take advantage of uh of, of a recovery, an impending recovery, and perhaps a boom of some kind. Yeah, look, we've been uh, pushing really hard to get the, com- the country reopened. Uh, that's been a big, big job. Uh, most provinces were, were starting to head in that direction. Ontario was, uh, was really the last uh, with some of the longest lockdowns in the world here in this province. Uh, so it was really good news that that here we are in midsummer, and the government is starting to announce that uh, more bit more and more businesses are going to be able to open a big chunk in mid mid July, and then like many other provinces, it appears most provinces will have ended all or the majority of their COVID restrictions by early August. It appears across Canada. 
that that is really good news, and and I agree with you. Uh, vaccination rates uh, wrap, uh, ramping up very quickly over the last several weeks and months are probably the largest contributors to the, to the country's ability to get back into the ball game. Um, but look, there are and I you know I certainly hear and read all of the reports about you know all the pent up consumer demand that is out there as Canadians that that were lucky enough to have salary jobs and and work from home. Uh, actually ended up saving more money during the pandemic. And some of that, I would imagine, will be released back into the economy as we all crawl out of our basements uh, and, and get back to normal lives. Um, at, the, at the same time, I, I just want to put a couple of notes of caution there. Um, not every business is going to go back to normal quickly. And the ones that really missed out on you know, a year and a half of revenue they're going to struggle. The average small firm has taken on about $160,000 in COVID-related debt. This is new money that they now owe, not all of it to lenders, but, but a good chunk of it to in rent uh, that they owe in back bills, etc. That's going to be a, a big lead weight around the necks of these businesses, even as they're reunited with their customers. Let's say they have a great month in August. They're going to have to make enough income to pay the August bills and also make a dent in some of the debt that they've inherited during the COVID period. And it's not like I'm going to be going out and getting a haircut twice as often just because my barber was closed for a year and a half. So, again, I think we just have to be cautious a little bit on that front. But there's no question that consumers are coming back to the table. Many are excited to get, get back to go to a movie and go out for dinner and take a vacation uh, and, and of course, in the tourism industry, um, uh, domestically, there are many of us that are Canadians are, are you know, there with all the border restrictions, many are traveling at home uh, more than before. So there are some that will benefit from that as well. We've we've really got to capitalize on this. And this is the time where businesses can can make some good money. All those businesses that have been really by policy prevented from seeing their customers they need to make sure that they're reunited. And this is where consumers that are listening this, to this broadcast can play a huge, huge role. If they choose to, to dedicate a chunk of their spend to smaller, medium-sized, independently owned and operated businesses, it can make a big difference. We all got used to using online tools to order stuff. Uh, and if we stick with the big guys for that alone and do all of our shopping at, uh, at the big chain stores, uh, we're not going to we're not going to help support some of these small guys that have really, really been through the ringer. Uh, so I, I urge Canadians to get back there and support their local small and medium-sized businesses. That's, a, that's an important message. Jason, what kind of advice are you and your teams giving to, to businesses as they come out of the slump and head into hopefully something, uh, something more positive? Yeah, I think, um, as, as mentioned previously, um, you know, resiliency is is key. Uh, using and leveraging the support available, um, and it's tough for business owners. And that's a role that that the bank and our advisors play is really helping point businesses into all the various places uh, where they can get support. And I know Dan and his team take a, a ton of calls from businesses because it's complicated in terms of what programs are you eligible for, and some newer businesses have been locked out of some programs. So, so really understanding what options are available. Um, is uh, is super uh, super important. Making sure they have the right team um, within their business, uh, making sure that they are uh, continuing to focus on uh, uh, on digital because it is um, 
a part of our future, right? And as Dan said, you know, if if uh, if our firms aren't signing up for and, and participating in making it easier for their customers to do business with them, then they're going to struggle in terms of competing with the other bigger businesses that do make that make that happen. So uh, I do think, you know, local communities, I live in Unionville, Ontario, it's got a great traditional main street. And uh, it's uh, just amazing to see the vibrancy kind of return um, there, you know, with the Euro Cup on this weekend. I mean, the, you know, the outdoor patios are, are packed and people are socializing. So I do I do feel optimism for people really feeling that community sense and wanting to be there in their local communities. But as Dan said, you know, this is about the long term. And these, there, are, there are systemic and, and forever changes that have happened as a result of this last 16 to 18 months. And business owners need to be conscious and aware of that and be ready to pivot to adjust their business models um, to this new reality. And some of that new reality will play out, you know, in the next six to 12 months ahead of us. And we see how much of consumer behavior returns to pre-COVID versus uh, changes uh, um, for the future. And that's where business owners need to be you know, fully conscious radar on antenna up kind of uh, assessing their, their, their marketplace, assessing their customers' uh, interests and, and their needs and making sure that they uh, can, uh, can adapt and, uh, and uh, be there to serve those needs. For sure. There's still lots of unknowns out there, absolutely, including how, uh, how consumers behave. You know, Dan and what you both talked about, people having money saved up from over the course of the pandemic. Are some, are, is everybody going to go back to, you know, uh, maxing out their credit cards and buying whatever they want? Or will people take some lessons from the, the saving that they've done over the course of this period and maybe not spend quite as much money as before? It's going to be interesting to see how almost psychologically consumer behavior uh, evolves over the course of this. Um, Dan, uh, I understand that the CFIB is uh, going to be celebrating its 50th anniversary in uh, in August. Uh, congratulations. It's an impressive number for your organization. Uh, you have anything special planned for that? Oh, lots of stuff. We, uh, we started the celebrations uh, at our annual meeting back in June, and we've got uh, a couple more events planned over the, over the weeks and months ahead. Uh, but yeah, 50 years uh, since John Bullock, our founder, set up the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. It was based on a tax protest among small and medium-sized businesses at the time. Um, and he recognized that there was the need for a permanent voice for smaller and medium-sized firms in Canada. Uh, and 95,000 members 50 years later, here we are, uh, providing advocacy work, uh, trying to convince governments of the importance of small and medium-sized firms and good policies. Uh, trying to provide business help, uh, helplines where we can take calls from business owners to provide them with individual services and individual help. And then, of course, a variety of savings and benefit partnerships, including the fantastic partnership that we have with Scotiabank. That's uh, another big part of what we do at CFIB is is bring our 95,000 members their purchasing power uh, and and help them and and help small firms in, in creating really, really valued partners with, uh, with companies like Scotiabank that we know and trust uh, a great deal. Um, so it's been a pretty cool. I'm only the third president in our 50-year history, <laughs> if you can believe it. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's really, really exciting to, to be part of it. Uh, we had some fantastic tributes from political leaders right across the political spectrum. Uh, just recently, and we've got a few uh, tricks in our, uh, sleep, up our sleeves uh, for the fall. That's great. 
Jason, you're, you're the bank has had a longstanding uh, relationship and partnership with CFIB. Why is why is that kind of relationship important? Yeah, our our relationship between Scotiabank and CFIB dates uh, over two decades now, um, which uh, which is just a testament. And as as Dan has said, you know, there's only been three presidents in CFIB's history, and and you know, in 20 of their uh, 50 years, they've been partners with us, and that's been uh, uh, important. Again, through good times and bad, and I think. Um, situations like the one we've been in, um, you know, Dan and I have uh, uh, dealt with each other uh, a number of times over the course of the last 16 months and, and finding ways to help. And that's what these partnerships are all about is how can we help each other um, in terms of the role that Dan and CFIB can play versus the role that uh, myself and other senior leaders in Scotiabank can play in terms of uh, finding, you know, common um, uh, goals and objectives aligned to supporting uh, small and medium-sized uh, uh, companies across uh, across this country, and um, and I think our partnership's been uh, been uh, only improved through uh, through this last 16 months because of really seeing when things aren't good how how companies and partners step up to support each other and and are there to help um, uh, achieve a better Canada, right? Which is that's what we all we're you know we're Canadians we. We want to see uh, our country thrive. We want to see our businesses thrive. We want to see our, our citizens thrive. And and uh, and we have important roles in, in making that happen. Yeah, that's when relationships really get tested is during crises like we've had last uh, last year and a half. So no kidding. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to you both. Congratulations, Dan, to your organization and to you as the leader of it for, uh, for the great work that you do. I'm sure it's highly appreciated by your membership. And thank you both for coming on Pananomics today. Anytime at all. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much, Stephen. I've been speaking with Dan Kelly, President, CEO, and Chair of the Board of Governors of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and Jason Charlebaugh, Senior Vice President of Small Business at Scotiabank. This will be the last episode of Pandemics. While COVID-19 isn't gone entirely and its impacts will likely be felt for some time to come, we want to move away from the focus being almost entirely on the pandemic. We'll be coming back in September with a new name, but we'll continue our conversations about the economy, the real estate market, consumer trends, and much more with experts from inside Scotiabank, as well as external partners from a variety of fields. Thanks for listening to Pandanomics. Hope you enjoyed our conversations and we'll see you in September with our new name and a new look. Please see the Scotiabank website for legal disclaimers.